Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Lauren Hanigan joining us here. He is our legal expert. Good to have you, sir. I was a little surprised today. Not surprised of a plea. I actually was I was almost 99% certain that we would get a plea in the Humboldt mm-hmm. uh, bus crash uh, that killed 16 staff and players and left another 13 injured. I'm a little surprised, Lauren, at the speed of which we learned that the accused had uh, basically said, I'm going to plead out to all of these. Didn't yeah. negotiate, didn't ask for favors, nope. just... So he basically, from what we understand, uh, his instructions to his lawyer was, I don't want a plea deal. I don't want to do anything. Um, Just I want to voluntarily, I want to give up my right to a trial. I want to plead guilty. I don't want a trial. And you know what's interesting, Alex, is when you get the number of of, of counts that he was charged with, Normally, what you would you'd see or you would you would expect is that a certain number would be withdrawn, uh, that he would plead guilty perhaps to some. Uh, he pleads guilty to all of them. The other thing that's really interesting is that this is a a dangerous driving. Uh, that that's what his charges were, mm. um, and it's not always you know very cut and dry. Dangerous driving is is um, a criminal. Uh, one of the the most serious criminal offenses. There's criminal negligence causing death in the operation of a motor vehicle. That would be the most serious. But dangerous driving certainly is is up there. You have to show that an accused driving was a marked departure from the the reasonable driver. There's a very stringent legal test that deals with both the mens rea component, the mental component, and the actual uh, driving aspect. And then in this particular case, we know that this accident took place at an intersection that, uh, where we understand accidents had happened before. Mm. Um, there was going to be a, a, um, uh, a, a report that was going to go in dealing with that. In other words, he may have had some viable defenses there in law. And uh, we wouldn't know, uh, but at the end of the day, he he's basically said, I want to take responsibility for this, and he's pleading guilty. Yeah, we heard about some of the um, the, the agreed uh, statement of facts. It was obtained by CBC. It was not uh, put into the court, as I understand um, today. Right. But as, uh, as we learned the details, we learned that the driver had entered that intersection going 100 kilometers an hour. Right. Um, they don't believe he was distracted. So there was no cell phone issue. There were no trees in the way. Weather was not a factor. And there was nothing obscuring his view. And there was no skid marks. So he went into that intersection. Um, and, and there was four or five signs, including a lit sign saying intersection ahead. And that bus driver did try to stop and skidded for 24 meters before the impact. So it does sound like he blew right through. That had to have been a factor oh, in sure. maybe the that is, that is a factor. Yeah. But also remember, there was a, a consulting report, as yeah. I was referring to, that looked at uh, uh, the entire intersection, any safety issues. I think the, 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 the report was over 70 pages. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it talks about the fact that, that uh, there haven't been a lot of collisions at the intersection, but there are genuine safety issues. And 
and the report talked about what, what, I guess what they call a sight triangle yeah. um, and, and how that may affect people's vision there. So again, I, I agree that you know at the end of it all, you, you, when, when you look at it and you, you sit down and you say, uh, was there a reasonable prospect of conviction here? Maybe there was. And, and maybe there wasn't, but what's, what's quite remarkable about this is that regardless of whether or not there may have been a viable defense at the end of the day, this particular person decided uh, that uh, he was going to take full responsibility. And, you know, he, he's facing, yep. uh, they're going to have a sentencing hearing. I think they, they've it's said five it's days. Five, it's yeah, five, five days. days for it. So, yeah. so I think you're going to hear a lot of uh, victim impact statements. You're going to hear a lot of legal arguments. And, and remember, um, dangerous driving causing death carries a maximum sentence of 14 years, dangerous driving causing bodily harm, 10 years. So let me stop you there, because the plea today, there, there will be some negotiating um, for what he'll serve. He will serve jail, no question. Oh, 100%. It's just a matter of, because he's also got to deal with civil issues, the truck company's been charged, all that stuff's still out there. Yeah. Uh, but the what what is your gut, um, you know, the Crown, they're going to do negotiation of what he could see as far as jail. Right. And I don't think you're going to. You're, I don't think you'll hear any arguments about consecutive sentences. I think maybe at the end of at the end of it all, he may just regard. Uh, you know, whatever sentence he gets will run concurrent to it all. Uh, so I, I think that this, given the 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 enormity of of, of the tragedy uh, and what has happened and how it happened and the fact that he pleaded guilty. Remember, pleading guilty is what we call in law a mitigating factor, right? Mm -hmm. he's, he's now allowed the family not to have that terrible, terrible experience of, of going through what would have been a very long trial, having to go through it all. This is going to be a tremendous yeah. mitigating factor. I would think you'll probably see a range maybe of, of seven to nine years, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, one of the fathers was there who had lost the, his son, and uh, I mean, look, you know what trials do to families. Uh, there's no question mm -hmm. this would have just destroyed th this community further. Right. Uh, so it does give them some relief. Through it, no. the exhibits alone yeah. of the oh. pictures of the scene yeah. uh, would have been so. So he has now, and that will be. And and if I understand, this isn't somebody who uh, who's had a, a criminal record before. From from what we understand, uh, he's um, he's been banned from driving. I'm sure he's not going to be driving again, uh, perhaps for a long time in his life. And, um, and so I think you'll probably see a range in, in, uh, of sentence. Uh, he definitely 100% will be going to jail. And, and, uh, but I think this, this uh, taking responsibility, this mitigating factor is going to be very significant. For sure. I want to ask you a little bit about something that's happening tomorrow because Ontario is um, asking a court to dismiss this legal challenge yeah. against the government's decision to repeal the updated sex, uh, sexual education curriculum. This is this is such a waste of the court's time. Waste but of the court's time. My my one question <laughs> is if if I understand correctly yeah. that they're going back to the previous curriculum. Right or or a huge part of it. If the previous curriculum yeah. wasn't unconstitutional, how is it unconstitutional now? It's not because the government of of Ontario has the right to put in a curriculum it sees fit. It does not have to go to the courts. But you know you've got the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, and then you've yeah. got the ETFO uh, using all the union dues to fight this thing. Everyone's going after Doug Ford, saying, "Well, why would they waste the money on the lawyers?" Well, no, they've got government lawyers that are going to work anyway. Uh, but they have to challenge this because. 
they don't want precedent set, but this thing's going to be tossed out. This I, won't, I, this I won't go anywhere. Will be. I yeah. don't think it has uh, the legs. I mean, when you when you if talk this thing of, gets through, Lauren, then we do have activist judges because th- there's no reason this challenge should be going through based on the the provincial rules in place right now. Right. I mean, it's it's very important yeah. to understand what the Constitution means and what it says, and and the Constitution does not set out what topics must be taught in school. There's, it, and it's certainly not that sexual health topics must be taught in school. And so, so essentially, to, to then to come out with the argument and say, uh, well, you know, you, you need this, you have to entrench a particular curriculum, that's, that's not constitutional law. That's not what constitutional law is about. This isn't, this isn't like, uh, like one of the most um, famous constitutional challenges uh, dealing with um, funding uh, uh, separate schools in this province that took place back in the 80s. That's all over time. That was written in the Constitution. You know, that, that's yeah. what this is about. So I totally agree with you. I really do not see how uh, a court will agree that somehow this particular, because they're, they've now gone back to a previous curriculum that was never found to be unconstitutional, now all of a sudden is unconstitutional. I think this has been a colossal waste of time. Yeah, but they got the headlines and that's what they were after. I quickly, quickly, I only have two seconds for this thing, but there's a guy who got caught uh, and busted uh, for smuggling 67 guns across the border between uh, Michigan if and Canada. we had a wall. <laughs> I, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Fifteen of those guns, Lauren, were used in shootings that have absolutely plagued our street. And this this dumbass is sitting there trying to, you know, convince the judge who's going to sentence him on Friday that he, he just couldn't have possibly known that bringing these guns and selling them to the black market Can you would be... I mean, this is this is unbelievable. I mean, talk and about contrast got, between he, he's the cases. Got a Nexus pass. Yeah, you know, and he used it to smuggle the guns into Canada. I guess he's looking for some mitigating circumstances as well, isn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you know, the Crown wants eight years in this, and I'm like, give a double. This should be the kind of case that if we want to stop gun crime, this is what you get for smuggling guns into this country. You get life. Period. Well, bye well, bye. That, that's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen because yeah. I'm not running the show, but it should. <laughs> it is, it's quite remarkable, isn't it? He comes right out and he says, you know, uh, he, he does this, oh, wow, I'm pleading guilty, and I, 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 I've led this exemplary life. Uh, what? Yeah. 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 What, those, gun, those guns did bad things? Oh, yeah. I thought they were going to go and shoot, I don't know, cans on a rock. Yeah. All right. Enough. I got to go. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Yeah. That is Lauren Honigman joining me tonight. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.